1: Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be here today. I am going solo today because I've gotten so many questions from people lately uh, and I feel like I never want to take time away from guests to get off topic. Even giving jelly bean updates, which there's another big one, um, you know, feels like it's taking time from these brilliant people who've been coming on the show. So I'm going to fill you in a little more. Um, If you want to call in, you can absolutely do that, and uh, I will answer your questions live. Otherwise, I have a pile of questions that you've all given me. And then I'm also, the reason I was out for a couple weeks was I was on my book tour, um, making sure that people are being helped whether or not they're living with diabetes, as most of you know, I just released a book in March on March 20th called You Can Have It Through American Diabetes Association, and I'm excited to say that it's an Amazon number one bestseller. So far, the reviews have been all five stars on Amazon, and uh, I'm just overjoyed with it because You know, coming off The Biggest Loser, a lot of people have been asking why I wrote it, and I mean, all the reporters and, you know, on the TV shows and stuff, and I haven't really talked to my own audience about this, but when I came off Biggest Loser, you know, that's the biggest weight loss show. It's the biggest show for transformation, and I went into the show on season three, so it wasn't like I was starting with a brand new show. Like, it was already this phenomenon, so I was so lucky to get to partner with them. And then now that that's ended, um, the last airing was in 2016. I know a lot of people don't know that, but I had been searching for the thing that's going to be the next big, big, big thing, or really the way I could impact the most people, I guess, is the best way I could say it. And you know, I wasn't really finding a show that was definitely going to do that. Um, There's some good ones out there, but You know, nothing Biggest Loser-esque. And then I realized, you know, one in three people have prediabetes in this country, which is a sad statistic, and so many people who have prediabetes don't know it. On top of it, there's a million women getting, I mean, not really, I don't know the statistic, but I'm just throwing out, like, meaning tons, as in million, um, getting gestational diabetes during their pregnancies, which... If you do, you probably know sets you up for getting diabetes later a lot more, um, it makes it a lot more common that you will. So I wanted to tackle this big problem and partner with American Diabetes Association. Um, I am really in a charity mode lately after my car accident. I've still been struggling from that, which I can elaborate on later um, and kind of tell you some of the stuff going on with me right now because I'm struggling with my weight a tiny bit. And by struggling, I mean, you know, five pounds up and I'll explain all of that too. But long story short, so that's why I did what I did. I wanted a book that could really, you know how like if your dad is overweight or has diabetes, it's hard. All of my other book titles have had loser or diet in them, so you can't really buy those books. So I wanted to do a fit book that, um, oh, I stole my my friend Angela Mater's brand name, <laughs> um, but no, a book that would help keep you fit with delicious food that would be for anybody, but also would really target people living with diabetes so that instead of doing like a formal intervention, like, dad, I'm worried that you're going to die, or mom, I'm so worried about you, or, you know, getting in an argument, you could just take the burgers and pizzas and all the recipes in the book and, make them for the family member, not tell them that you're making diabetes friendly food and then let them love it and let them really enjoy it. And then later reveal that that's what it is. And maybe leave a copy behind and it might uh, work a lot better. Cause I think, you know, I always, and I will jump into a jelly bean update, but um, I, I always find it fascinating that when we go to the movies, you can walk out of the movie going, that movie sucked. But I have never, ever heard anybody walk out of a movie and go, movies suck. It's like, movies are art, right? And sometimes they're great and sometimes they deserve an Oscar and sometimes they just plain don't. And you're like, how did somebody even fund that? Well, that's the same with cookbooks. And we all have to realize that because it's an art. And not only is an in art for the person creating it the translation of the person cooking it is an art as well and I know this for a fact because you know I write my recipes and part of it is on the author if they don't write them well but the other part of it is sometimes people don't completely pay attention so If I tell you what steps to do, you know, like, do these things in this order and you don't do them, and then you go to make a stir-fry and you haven't chopped your, or, like, you haven't, um, I guess, chopped the garlic that goes in your stir-fry sauce and you cook all the other veggies and then you get behind and you pour in the sauce and you're waiting for the garlic, like, it can literally affect the taste of the whole dish. Um, And the same thing, like, when I'm hiring a new employee, I will always have them bake a couple, we'll cook a couple things and bake a couple things in my kitchen to see if they pay attention to detail because it's so important. So for instance, one of the things we do, I probably shouldn't say this because if anybody's um, going to be employed by me, I'm giving them a heads up, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, But we always have them make my green potato salad from the most decadent diet ever. And there's a number of things in that recipe, which is why I suggested it. One of which is you wanna chop the herbs finely. It says I think very finely. Now, if you have a lot of herbs in a thing like potato salad and you don't chop them really finely, it's gonna taste like weeds because you're gonna have, you know, clumps of of herbs. Also, if you don't dry your herbs, the difference, like you're gonna have so much more when you go to measure it than if they're dry and fluffy. I mean if Yeah, if they're dry and fluffy. Does that make sense? So really, really, really pay attention. But my point in saying all of this is that if people would realize that there's some really delicious cookbooks and some really hideous healthy cookbooks, it would be a lot easier to get people on board with a healthy lifestyle. So if you have a loved one who needs to be healthy and you want them to try recipes or if this is you like obviously I think my books are delicious I would love for you to buy them but it's not even about that like literally go onto Amazon like read all the reviews ask your friends to start like what is your absolute favorite healthy recipe what recipe shocks you like and and whatever you do don't watch television to do this because on the talk shows like obviously it would make bad television if someone came on And was like, "Mm, my black bean brownies are amazing. And then the hosts were like, oh, that's gross. You know, it just wouldn't work. And I can tell you that the producers don't have time to try every dish before they let it on TV. So like, don't use that as a source. Don't make sure that you really like if the hosts are like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I'm not just saying that for television. Then you can be pretty sure. Or if you see other people like in the audience freaking out over this stuff, But otherwise, seriously, use word of mouth, use Amazon, use those kind of sources that can really help you because that's what's going to make you win long term. And then, as I said, once you get that recipe book home, please, please, please follow the directions because it really, really does impact the end result. As I said, like in the potato salad recipe that I was talking about, in addition to the herbs, one of the other reasons we like it is because... When you make the potato, it's, it's, I think it's called, I'm not sure if it's called smashed potato salad or if it's just potato salad, but the idea is that you smash the potatoes a little bit. If you have huge chunks of potatoes, it's going to be drier than if, if they're not huge chunks. And the dressing will mix with the potatoes. So if you're a person who cooks all the time, you, you would never think to smash the potatoes. You just pour the sauce in and stir it around. Um, but the instructions specifically tell you to smash it. So as I said, we tell people before they get in my kitchen, we give them a whole tester sheet and then we tell them exactly, exactly, exactly like that we are looking to see if you're paying attention and if they still don't, then we pretty much know that they're not following recipes and we probably would have an uphill battle with them as an employee, if that makes sense. So anyway, um, for your own good if you are trying to affect someone. Please do, do those steps and you'll have huge success. Okay, Jelly Bean. Ah, love of my life. Um, so for those who don't know, Jelly Bean is my foster daughter. I was lucky enough to pick her up from the hospital on day three of her precious little life. Um, she has now, as of this Saturday months old, um, next Wednesday, I believe it is whenever the 19 or when, whenever the 22nd is, is when, no, maybe it's Tuesday. She will have been in my life for six months. Um, it was one of those situations for those who don't know that I got licensed through the county to be a foster mom. I gave the description of the child that I was looking for. And by description, that's not physical. Um, it's just, you know, this general, like you can, ask for a certain ethnicity or not a certain ethnicity, but, um, but you, you know, you obviously are not seeing the children when they're newborns. Um, If you're, if you're adopting an older child, you can sometimes meet them like a child who's definitely up for adoption. But when you're fostering, you, you definitely do not see the child before um, or fostering, I should say a baby. So basically I got a phone call. They described what her family situation was Um, they tell you, you know, I mean, you basically can ask as many questions as you want, but once you get off the phone with a newborn, if you get off the phone without saying, yes, I will take him or her, you pretty much are not going to get that newborn because somebody else will swoop her up or him. And so it's one of those, like you, I mean, I was driving around with a car seat in my car, um, as a single woman and I Basically, it kind of looked a little wacky, had the whole nursery set up, was completely approved, and then literally got the call unexpectedly at 1.30 one day. And by four o'clock, I was at the hospital meeting her. Um, so that happened on Thanksgiving Eve. And now, six months later, we go back to court. I've been to court already. Um, they do a hearing right after they're detained, a child is detained, Um to make sure that it was legal. Like sometimes they could take a child away and then the court finds it not fair and they give them right back to the parents. Um, And other times, you know, they've been abandoned and obviously it's fair because they wouldn't have anybody. But so we had that hearing and then there was a hearing three months later um, to progress it further. And this hearing they may allow me to start the adoption process if hearing goes how i think it will i don't think a family member is going to um contest anything so i have my fingers and toes and every ounce of my being crossed at this point ironically i am more nervous now than i was 3 months ago um i did i was not wanting to be in a situation where I was fighting with anybody. I really wanted a child who I believed to have no one so that, as I said, I don't want to, you know, if parents wanted her, I, or were able to take her or anything like that, I, I wouldn't have wanted to, Um, fight them, as I said. I really, really wanted a situation which I could just, you know, know that I was giving a child who didn't have anything the love that she deserves, as every little precious being does. So that's where we are now. As I said, I think they may terminate um, and meaning that I could stop the adoption. I mean, I could start the adoption. Um, The interesting thing is you never know even if you think that's the court's plan because there's a lot of paperwork that goes on um, and you just don't know that the social workers in California, particular, or in Los Angeles, because there are over 28,000 kids are so taxed that sometimes they just plain don't get to things. And then your court, I mean, then your date gets what they call continued. Like you could go to court and they'll be like, oh, things weren't properly filed or oh, people weren't properly notified. Um, so and, you know, during that time, there's still opportunities for other people to potentially come forward and all of that. But the good news is at six months, um, the court does recognize, recognize that she has bonded with me. So um, up until that point, like I basically have no say whatsoever. Um, I just go to the hearings and sit and listen. I don't even have to go to them. I'm not even allowed to speak. I'm just allowed to be in the courtroom. But you can imagine how nerve-wracking that is when you are completely head over and heels in love with your little sidekick. So that's where we are. Um, That is next week. And I hope that everyone will continue to send prayers. Um, Also, it's National Foster Care Month. So if anybody has it in their heart to, um, to even consider fostering or adopting, please, please do it. Um, it has changed my life in a way that I can never even describe already. Um, and if anybody needs any help or wants any to do any research, um, look up raiseachild.org. They're a free not-for-profit. They will never ask you for money. And they're insanely helpful. They, they help me through the process. Um, they In some parts of the country, they even have orientations to get you through steps all in one instead of going to this step, then this step, then this step. Um, and in LA, they even had this, um, orientation that included, you could get your medical check and you could get a TB test that you need and things like that so that you could do it all at once and didn't even pay for any of that. Um, so that it's just a great organization. And as I said, nobody will ask you for money and this is not really an ad. It's just a place from my heart, um, that I'm in love with them. Um, I am two minutes to a break, so I am going to tell you that coming up, we are going to be talking about, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to tee up. I'm going to read you a list of disclaimers really quickly from my book, Fast Food Fix, because I really want everybody cooking at home. I know people ask about ordering in restaurants um, and all of that often, which I do think is important to know how to do, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But in the meantime, I want you to hear this list of disclaimers that I wrote in Fast Food Fix because this is what restaurants—if you—if any of the restaurants that give you calories, like a lot of them don't—but even the ones that do, a lot of times they're not accurate. Even it, it's not a malicious thing; it's just not realistic, um, budgetary-wise, and in so many other ways. For a restaurant to commit to the same product, really expensive to run. Um, non uh what do you call it oh to re to rerun nutritional numbers to recalculate them so instead they protect themselves legally by giving you lists that include and these all came from real restaurants products not uh, products were tested on a certain day in one area only other locations of the same chain may have varying data so that means that whatever supplier is supplying in Los Angeles, they ran the numbers, but they could not even, for instance, like, you know, Best Foods and Hellman's. Best Foods is on the West Coast. Hellman's is on the East Coast. So Hellman's isn't, I mean, Best Foods isn't even available across the country. So they are probably using a completely different light mayo or mayo. So just know that like, This couldn't be relevant at all, just based on that one. And then product builds may change from time to time, meaning they may decide to give you three pickles instead of seven pickles, or eight pickles instead of two pickles, or two strips of bacon, or whatever it is. So that basically says not right for that reason. Data may vary due to change in supplier. Again, brands change. Data may vary if food is obtained from local suppliers. Data may vary if food is obtained from various suppliers. Data may vary on the season of the year. So they're changing them because of the season. Data may vary based on recipe revisions. They're telling you that they might change your recipes and they're not updating their nutritionals. Data assumes that franchise owner complies with procedures. Data is not applicable if product is purchased in Hawaii Serving sizes may vary due to portioning. Serving sizes may vary due to product assembly. Serving sizes may not be the same as serving size tested, meaning it's not the same at all. The restaurant setting makes it impossible to provide precise data, and that is the truth. And products may vary due to other factors. That was literally on someone's menu. Okay, on that note, I'm going to break, and we'll pick this up when I come back. Stay tuned.
2: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to the Spotlight with Tony D'Irso. For an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science, to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists, using the best, 639 at Freshly.com.
2: Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers.
0: You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at DevonAlexander.com. Now, back to Have It All.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So before the break, I was reading you the list of disclaimers that I found on restaurant menus. And to be honest, like... It's a goofy list. Like, as I said, one of them literally says products may vary due to other factors. So we've covered like they use different suppliers. They change recipes. They do all these things. And again, like this is not malicious. Like we live in a a sue everybody society. And so if the restaurants don't put these disclaimers on and they need to change a supplier to keep their business in business, or if, you know, obviously we've, anyone who's had employees or or had even bad coworkers, you know that it's impossible to control exactly what someone's doing. Um, so if there's a restaurant worker who the chef doesn't, You know, he's having a bad day and doesn't follow procedures. Like, there's no way that your dish is going to be the number of calories that it's supposed to. And I can tell you that I tried to crack the whip in my restaurants and make sure that they did a light mist of olive oil on everything that was supposed to, you know, in the pans, not use, like, actual olive oil. But even that, sometimes when there was a new employee, like, they would spray too much or whatever, and I'd have to make sure they were trained So, and I mean, that was with me being like, no, no, you really have to do this. And they were just having trouble for whatever reason. So just know that when you eat out, you do not have the control you have at home and not to say never eat out. And I'll go into some tips about how you can, um, you know, kind of set yourself up for success when you do need to eat out. Cause I obviously do. I mean, I go on dates. I'm not going to be a freak and take food with me or whatever. And I don't carry food everywhere I go. But if you're really struggling um, you do want to be really careful and, you know, kind of eat in a little bit more, or, you know, do an exchange with friends or something like that where different families make different meals for everyone. And that kind of leads me to my own personal plight right now. So interestingly, when I got jelly bean, I immediately dropped a few pounds because I was just so like anxious in a good way if that makes sense. The same thing happened when I moved to L.A. Like somehow when I get overwhelmed and this was in joy in both cases, like I was excited to be in L.A., but I don't know, the change for me just made me not want to eat at all. Um, And I don't mean at all, at all, but like I ate so much less than I normally eat and probably like I was on dieting calories by accident. Um, So I... Like the same thing happened when I got Jelly Bean. And then once I got in the rhythm with her, like honestly, I was so exhausted. And I've talked about this before, but if I'm bordering sick, I always choose not to work out because I think it was most important for me, especially being single, that I never get sick with Jelly Bean. Like, you know, it was the height of flu season and everybody was getting sick. And I was determined to make sure that we stayed healthy, which meant that I didn't work out, honestly, really for months. Um, I did, you know, try to take walks and do things like that, but nothing super hardcore to the point that I'm playing tennis this weekend. Um, and I, in a tournament-y situation, um, and I am a little worried cause I'm out of shape, but I've been getting back. I have been playing more. Um, I've been getting my butt kicked is basically the long and short of it. And I'm trying to get back in shape, but I've definitely gained body fat. I ha- I've only gained like five pounds, I guess, maybe seven, um, depending. I'm, I'm going down again, but but I've definitely gained body fat. And it's just like for me, I'm not going on some crazy diet. I'm not saying I'm not eating certain categories any of that like I'm just watching and by watching I mean not eating out as much like I'm making a conscious effort and I'm not drinking as much although I will say I've never been a big drinker um for those of you who are if you can come up with ways to minimize that um and still enjoy life um you would be very well served because obviously alcohol is very calorie dense and it's not it doesn't provide you know super great nutrients, except maybe the antioxidants and red wine, we can argue. Um, And so for me, though, with jelly bean, I'm not drinking anyway, because I'm not going to get in a car with her and have even a cocktail in me. I just, I don't feel comfortable. Um, I'm a lightweight as it is, so I just don't. And thus, I think I've only had one cocktail in the past six months which is unprecedented for me. Um, but it's also funny that I still gain weight. Um, and then, but I mean, it's not a surprise. As I said, I wasn't working out and I used to spend hours and hours playing beach tennis. Um, well, at least before my accident, um, I I started gaining weight after the accident and, um, and losing muscle tone. So anyway, um, it's really important to make sure that that is not happening. Um, but as I said, going to restaurants, like definitely can hinder your progress. Um, and then not being prepared can also really hinder your progress. I know none of us, like I'm going to be speaking at EO eccentric, which is an entrepreneur's organization, like their major Midwest conference this year. Um, And they were like, please don't tell people to menu plan. (laughs) Like they didn't want me to tell all these busy executives that they have to come up with a a meal plan on Sunday night. And when she first said, don't menu plan, I was like, ah, because that is one of my tips. But then when I realized what she meant, like, I don't menu plan either. I don't think that you have to sit down and come up with the entire menu for the week. I think that's way too cumbersome for everything and for everyone. I do think one or two nights a week when you are making your dinner or on Sunday afternoon when you're doing your laundry and all those things, you can make a few things that can be paired during the week really easily. So for instance, like in my new book, I have this um, sriracha um, turkey roast, like turkey breast roast, like a giant turkey breast, and you literally mix a little bit of light mayonnaise, which will provide a binder that's not as fattening as keeping the skin on the turkey. And then, so you rip the skin off and then you mix mayonnaise with sriracha, literally, that's it. And then you smear that over the turkey breast and mist it with olive oil spray. And you will get such a tender, juicy turkey breast if you cook it properly, meaning you don't overcook it. And I wanted to say that I made a whole turkey on Monday, I know that's crazy. I put this in my Facebook Live, so I apologize for those who are seeing this again. But again, going back to companies and not getting sued, the package directions on the turkey, and I knew this before, said that it would take four and a half to five hours for my 20-pound turkey to cook, Um, but it actually took three and a half hours and they do that because, like, I know my oven, I know that it's exactly on temp. But if somebody, picture this, you're an executive, somebody's oven is 25 to 50 degrees below what it should be, which can happen all the time just from normal use, and you cook your turkey and they put three and a half hours on there, which is what makes it perfect in my oven, um, but you cook it for four and a half hours, could you imagine how dry that would be? And that's why so many people's turkeys are dry because companies are trying not to get sued. So what I recommend, because you obviously don't want an undercooked turkey, is one, you get your oven calibrated every once in a while so that, um, that you know yours is right, but even more importantly, you get a meat thermometer or you learn over time the signs of a perfectly cooked turkey. So I know that when when you put a turkey in the oven, there's no juice in the pan, right? Well, after a little while of cooking it, you'll notice that you can baste it because there's plenty of liquid there, right? So you do that. Well, there's a point where there's a lot of liquid there and the lot of liquid usually means that it's done, not to mention the fact the skin will be brown and all of that. So the other day when I went upstairs, the pop-up timer hadn't popped, and there was a ton of and I'm like, I bet any amount of money that this is done, like, I just knew inherently. And then literally, I kid you not, the pop-up timer popped up. And those pop-up timers, they're great, except that they are also not, like, the turkey is at temperature then. And when you tent a turkey once you take it out of the oven, it's still going to cook a little more. And you can literally take it out of the oven for an hour and still potentially, like, it's too hot to cook. I mean, too hot to carve. So just know that if that's what you're following instead of an actual meat thermometer, your turkey might be dry. But going back to preparing, so the sriracha turkey breast is a great thing to do on the weekends because especially if you are battling high blood pressure or need to restrict salt if your doctor's ever told you to restrict salt because those deli meats that you buy I've always found it funny that they um like people will say frozen nutritional meals have so much sodium in them which they do in many cases like a lot of them well, especially yeah the nutritional ones I've usually found have between 400 and 750 milligrams That said, if you're eating that as an entire meal, I would contend that that's not that bad. Um, Again, with an asterisk, I mean, you're not supposed to exceed 800 in a meal, even if you have normal blood pressure. Um, If you're having a salty salad on the side of that, which a lot of salad ingredients like olives and things like that, anything pickled is going to have a lot of salt in it, then obviously you're going to exceed. But even more importantly, so people don't realize how much salt is in tuna. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I want to say, I don't know off the top of my head to give you accurate numbers, but it's more than that. Like, if you eat four ounces of canned tuna, you've way exceeded the frozen nutritional meals, number one. And that doesn't include the bread that you're going to have the tuna on or the crackers or whatever you're going to have it, unless you're like me and you just occasionally eat it as a snack with celery sticks. Um But the other thing is deli meat is one of the worst. Like, some of the lighter deli meats, like the low-sodium ones, that, by the way, have no flavor because they have no salt and they never do the fun flavors in them. Like, I've never even seen one that's peppered and low-salt. They're just all plain, boring, blah, turkey that forces you to put more seasonings on them, which are probably going to have salt in them. Um, But even those, like, for the lower sodium ones usually have 400 milligrams for two ounces. And again, like a recommended serving is four ounces. So you're looking at like 800 milligrams of sodium. And then the full sodium ones have like 1400 milligrams for four ounces. So it's crazy. So if you make this Sriracha Turkey breast on a Sunday, you can not only eat it for Sunday dinner, but you can slice it down and eat it as deli meat, or you can cube it, which I often do and throw it in your salads during the week. Or you can, you know, slice it or cube it and put it in a bowl, like make a, I love making brown rice bowls with, or farro bowls or quinoa bowls with some salad. And then you put the quinoa on it and then you put your protein on it and you put some veggies in there and you mix it all up with some dressing and it's amazing and it's easy and it's fast. If you have some of this stuff cooked, which as I said, is what I highly, highly recommend you do. Um, and then also there's a number of London broils. There's a Java London broil, which has a yummy coffee rub. There's a, um, honey marinated London broil, which I love using a grill. So as we're coming up on the summer season and definitely everyone use your grills. They give such great flavor. There's also a spice grilled London broil and a, uh, Japanese London broil that I even, Grind up some, like, Japanese peppers and some, um, like, seaweed. It's so good. It's so different. Um, it was a really fun one to make. I was trying to be really trendy in this book since it's, you know, everybody expected it to be boring and plain. And and also, I should say that there's a um, a whole party chapter. It's um, called Perfect Party Fair and Savory Snacks, And those recipes are the ones that I have served at parties over the years. And friends always call me or like, I need your recipe to this. Can I please have your recipe to this? My family's getting together and I need your recipe to that. So my friends, yes, they like to eat healthy, but they're not people who only eat healthy. Uh, So the fact that they call me and ask me for these recipes, I know that not only will their friends and family love them, but you will too. Um, also, as I mentioned, um, one of the things that I think when you're prepping out food, like I would, assuming you eat grains, which I strongly recommend people do if you're trying to have a balanced diet that sustains your energy. I find, I know some people do the low carb thing. I find that if I am so low carb, I don't have a lot of energy and I don't feel like working out, um, which defeats the purpose of, because we really need the working out to feel good, right? Right. Um, but so while I'm making my turkey breast roast or my London broil or both, um, oh, and you can also grill chicken breasts and a lot of people don't do this, but you can slice those like deli meat too. just do it on an angle. So whatever's, whatever's on sale at the grocery store, do that. And then I always recommend that people keep shrimp in their refrigerator if they eat them, I mean, in their freezer because I don't know if you know this, but you can defrost them in five minutes. It's the one thing you can defrost in five minutes. And you literally just soak them in cold water. Make sure it's cold. I know that sounds crazy. Um, You'd think you want to defrost it would be hot, but no. If you do it in hot, you'll start cooking it. If you do it in cold, it'll just defrost them. So And try those things. And then as I was saying, if you eat the quinoa and the farro or amaranth is great, try millet. Try some of these other grains and just cook them in advance so that all you do is a reheat. Or if you really don't want to do any of that and you have, you know, if you have less time, more money, go and buy those. There's a lot of now pre-cooked brown rice that you can get either in individual size bowls. Although I will tell you that the individual size bowls, I do my best never to eat more than half of one because that's two servings for a woman um, according to what we really quote should be eating. Um, so and I find once I heat up one of those bowls, I, I find myself wanting to eat the whole thing. Yet somehow when I make a whole pot of brown rice, I don't want to like super overeat it. I don't know why that is. Um, also when you're buying those the kind that are pre-prepared make sure there isn't extra stuff in them some of them do have chemicals some of them have a lot of salt some of them have a lot of oils and things so you just want to be really careful but if you have the protein and the and the carb, or the starch, or whatever it is made in advance, you can throw together so many meals so quickly after work, it's crazy, and obviously, if you have a big family, like, make two of the sriracha turkey breasts, um, or, you know, enough that it'll last you through the week, and by the way, you'll also save money doing that, because, It's a lot less expensive to do that than it is to buy the deli meat cooked. Okay, on that note, we are going to break. When we come back, I'm going to answer a few more questions and also talk a little bit more about being prepared. Stay tuned.
2: We don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back. Um I'm answering your questions today and helping you be prepared. I think the biggest question that I get all the time is how am I pre- like how how do you stay prepared so that you never get stuck and eat a lot of junk, which honestly I am the um I'm the queen of this. Like, I really do need to be prepared. Like, I don't know how. I mean, so often my day gets beside me, and I just need those quick options. So one of the questions I just got was from Denise Nicosia Souter, and she said, I feel stuck making chicken breast or ground turkey for family dinners. I'm currently on Weight Watchers, and these are good choices. However, bored with them. Any suggestions? Um, Denise, I'm not sure how you feel about not using ground. Um, I personally think that if you're eating actual turkey or actual chicken, it's um, more hearty most of the time. I mean, that's obviously not always true. Like, I really do enjoy the ground chicken breast if I'm making meatloaf and things like that. But there's something about having a meaty bite of actual chicken. So if you're committed to eating chicken and turkey, like I was just talking about making a turkey breast roast with sriracha, but you can also do that with a million things um, through my books over the years. I've done herbed ones. I've done like an herbed butter one. I've done a barbecue one. Tons of different things that might change things up a little for you. Um, The same thing with chicken breasts. Like I even sometimes like dip them in a hot wing sauce um there's one I'm I, I've never been paid by them. There's no sponsorship here whatsoever, but there's one called Wingtime that's actually has a little more fat than other brands, but it also has less sodium and less chemicals. There's no chemicals in it. It's a natural thing. So I use that often and you don't need a ton of it to do Um, that's one of the things I like about it. Like when flavors are really bold, you don't need a ton. So I don't really mind because the oil comes out to like practically nothing. And then I just don't put any oil whatsoever on the chicken, but you can toss it in that. And then you get this nice, um, barbecue, I mean, uh, Buffalo chicken breast that you can grill and it's delicious. Um, I also make a lot of what I call chicken toppers. So, I have a recipe, one of the best techniques in my opinion for cooking chicken, especially if you're not super good at cooking chicken and it's dry, is put it in a pan, like toss it in a teaspoon of olive oil, that's all you need, put a little bit of salt and pepper and then get a pan, a nonstick pan, nice and hot, put your chicken breast in and make sure that your pan isn't so small that you're wedging the chicken breast in. You want them hot enough, I mean you want the pan big enough Obviously, you don't want, like, a giant pan with one chicken breast. But you want space in between them, and you want the pan nice and hot so that you can get that nice sear on the outside of them. That's what's going to make it taste restaurant quality. So you just sear both sides of the chicken breast. It usually takes, like, one to two minutes per side. And do it in a pan, in a nonstick pan that is oven safe. So as soon as you get that nice sear on it, turn the heat off, top the chicken, which I've done... Um, I've done like those cranberry sauces that are lower in sugar and that are natural with some goat cheese. I've done like a nacho, like enchilada type thing where I'll put enchilada sauce and some cheddar cheese, um, light cheddar cheese. Of course you could use a Weight Watchers cheddar, um, and a little bit of cilantro on them when it, I would put the cilantro probably when it came out of the oven, although you could do either way, pop that in the oven. So you put the chicken in the oven. Don't just sear the (laughs) outsides and leave it raw, obviously. You want to then put it in the oven, I believe at like 300, it's either 300, like somewhere between 300 and 350, um, and let it finish cooking while all of the yumminess melts on it. Um, as I said, there's a ton of different things you could do, like a peach chutney, um, I mean, just any flavor you like. You could do buffalo and a little buffalo wing sauce and a little blue cheese would be, like, light blue cheese would be delicious. There's so many different things you can do there. So that could be a change up from ground. If you just don't want to eat chicken or turkey, then I would suggest seafood, which I know a lot of people, especially in middle America, don't love. Here in LA, like, we love our fresh fish. Um, It might be because it's so fresh because it just pops out of the ocean sometimes. Um, But, you know, obviously shrimp and scallops and cod and there's so many different fish dishes you can make that can be really really satisfying that you don't have a lot of to add a lot of oils to Um, I love blackened fish um, so much flavor And again, you don't need to, I mean, make sure you don't get a salty one because a lot of those, the first ingredient is salt. But as long as you're avoiding that. Also, some of the um, seafood rubs have sugar in them. So be careful about that. I mean, if you're just using a tiny bit and you don't have diabetes, it's probably okay. Um, But always better to, you know, get one that doesn't if you can and you can find one that you enjoy. Um, And then other alternatives, you know, If you're using really lean pork, that's good too. Um, If you eat pork, I know a lot of people who are kosher don't, or they just don't like it, but they call it the other white meat for a reason. It's low in saturated fat. I've been able to use that with recipes for the American Diabetes Association and American Heart Association when I was writing for them. Um, And also lean beef, like as long as it's really, really lean. Meaning you are eating top round steak, you're eating London broil, um, those are lean ones that you can't go wrong with. And again, as I said, I have four different recipes, um, in the book just for the beef itself. Oh, you know what? Another thing is making simmers with chicken or like, I love making a pulled chicken, you know, the kind of vinegary North Carolina type pulled chicken. Um, that can be super delicious on a ton of stuff too instead of ground. Again, I, I wish um, I had time. I wish you were actually calling in because I would have time to ask you exactly what you're asking me. But you get the idea. Like there really are so many different varieties of things that you can do. Um, if you're in a food rut, again, I would urge you to go back to your friends, you know, find out who's cooking what, what they're absolutely loving. Maybe ask to share recipes. Post it on your Facebook People love to share recipes. Um, as I said, just make sure if they're healthy that people actually say they taste delicious because I mean, I know like there's a really popular woman who makes horrible healthy food. Like I I don't even know how it's like Splenda on top of Splenda. And, um, she's, as I said, she's really popular and it blows my mind because I mean, her platform's cute and quirky and all of that, but But the food is just so bad that I'm like, how has she ever gotten a single TV segment, let alone anything else? And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying it because I think sometimes, you know, people know people or they have a lot of marketing dollars. Everybody knows that like the best ideas, if they're not marketed, will never get out there. And on the flip side, if you, you know, make something cute and quirky and you have a ton of money, um behind it, like people can at least try it and follow in mass and before people realize it tastes terrible. So again, you know, really talk to your friends and trusted allies and, and say, what are those recipes that are great? Um, also I want to heed people. Don't be intimidated by cooking, please, please, pretty, please. Um, and to that end, if you go to my website right now, there's a whole section called diabetes takedown. And by the way, I just put up a brand new blog. It's called chef to mom. Um I'm gonna be doing a lot more mom blogging and um you know, I still my chef life is so important to me. I'm hoping that jelly Bean is going to want to be a part of that, to be honest. I'm hoping that she's going to enjoy cooking and she's getting close to being able to sit up and is she likes actually watching me cook, although not sitting up, it's hard for her to do it. Sometimes I'll like literally, take my cutting board and sit near her. Um, Not so near that she could get cut, obviously, but near her. And she just loves to watch. She loves to watch me doing things. Um, I have had her watching no television whatsoever so far, except when my parents were here, she did watch a little bit of the um, Olympic skating. (laughs) I figured that couldn't damage her too much, but I'm trying really hard to be educational. And like, even when I'm folding my laundry or I'm, I'm making my better things, I've I've noticed that she likes watching me and that makes me really happy. I mean, not just me, like the, um, the people who help me too. Um, and it is known that kids, you know, do find that fascinating when their mom, which I am guilty of doing, spends too much time on my phone. Like she's just looking at the phone going, what are you doing? Why are you staring at that box all day? Cause she doesn't see anything happening. So again, hopefully um, she'll be learning how to cook and love it as much as I do because she'll be so good at it so young. I usually find if people you know, have that example and they get in the kitchen early, they just love it because when you're so good at something, it's hard not to love it, right? Um, anyway, so uh, going back though, also I would really love to encourage... Every, oh, I know. I was saying, so I have this diabetes takedown on the website that is cooking lessons basically for free completely free you don't even have to buy the book um if you have already bought the book thank you so much um but you'll notice within the book it'll say don't know how to butterfly shrimp i'll show you go to DevonAlexander.com, and um and there's a lesson on butterflying shrimp literally and you know to butterfly shrimp for those who don't know all that means is to cut a slit in it um so that it flattens and again, if you go to the website and look at the videos, you'll see it's, it's so simple. Um, and then, you know, you mound crab on top of it, but like, doesn't butterfly shrimp sound so fancy? And the cool thing is three of them, three butterfly shrimp with like stuffed with crab with a little bit of mayo in them are literally 80 calories. I kid you not. Um, so it's worth doing and it's worth learning those little things that'll make you feel so good. And I have a cousin who thought she couldn't cook and she started following all my stuff and she's like, Oh my God, I can totally cook. So it's nice, you know, to be able to do those things, to be able to throw things together quickly. And within this book, there are some recipes that do take a long time. I'll admit it. There are. Um, but there's a lot that are really quick. Like there's this really yummy for those who eat shrimp. It's called shrimp walk app. And it's a cucumber that you like you've sliced cucumbers and you just score them with a fork. If you don't know what that means, go to my website. Cause again, there's a free video series teaching you how to make the cucumbers look um, fancy, which to be honest, you take a fork and you run it down the length of the cucumber, like all around, and that's called scoring a cucumber. And then you get those pretty lines in that you see when you go to fancy buffets and stuff. But so you do that really quick, it takes like 30 seconds, and then you slice the cucumber and then you add a little bit of store bought guacamole. I explain not in the book, but on the website, again, for free, whether you've bought the book or not. Um, how to buy the guacamole and then um, like what to look for. And then I put a shrimp that I grilled on top standing up. So it looks beautiful and it takes minutes to put together Um And as I said, you look like a gourmet cook, really. Um, When you're not, it took minutes to do it. But there's a lot of lessons like that because I really want this to be so accessible to people. And I really want everybody to be cooking because cooking doesn't have to be cumbersome. It's supposed to be delicious and fun and family-oriented. The other thing I would love to suggest to people is, and you can find this recipe online. I never thought I liked butternut squash and... I don't know. I've never had anybody, like, really, really, really cook it. Um, But when I don't really like something, I try to put it in my books anyway. Like, I just do what I can to see if there's a way that I can make it in a way I love it. And I actually have this recipe for Parmesan garlic squash fries that is so good that I'm craving it like crazy, even though I swear I never liked butternut squash, So if, as I said, you don't have to buy the book to get the recipe. It's been in media and stuff, so you can find it if you search that and my name. Um, But that's my last little tip for you today. Um, Try it. It's nice and garlicky. It's Parmesan cheesy and it tastes fry-like. As long as you cook it, as long as you're supposed to. If you don't, it tastes like butternut squash. But if it gets nice and caramelized, you don't want it burned, obviously. You don't want it black, but you do want it browned. Um, So unfortunately, this is ending today. I didn't get to all of the questions and I'm so, so sorry. But I hope that you've been a little bit inspired, that you have a better idea how to prepare things for the week. Um, And I look forward to seeing you or hearing or like talking to you all next week. Have a great one, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to have it all. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern time, 9am Pacific time on the voice America influencers channel until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.